Listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to the Black Crows. The Black Crows, Chris and Rich Robinson reuniting for a 30-year anniversary celebration of their landmark quintuple platinum debut album, Shake Your Moneymaker, for a 2020 world tour. See them play the album in its entirety, plus all the hits when they come to Yasana Amphitheater on Tuesday, September 1st. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Time to welcome in Ben Anderson. You hear him on Utah Jazz pre-half and post-game shows. Ben, good morning. Good morning, guys. Ben, we've been discussing the All-Star game, and it seems like that uh, Elam ending, playing for points, no clock in the fourth quarter, got everybody fired up. Everybody's excited. Both teams played hard, and we quickly agreed. What a low bar. Hey, they played hard. But whatever, it created more excitement, and that's a positive. Uh, absolutely, and and the truth is we don't ever get that many true superstars and future Hall of Famers on the floor playing hard against one another. You know, at the, the U.S. Olympic trials, they're not playing that hard. Uh, and then when you're playing in the Olympics or the, the, the FIBA World Cup, you just don't actually uh, see that many stars on the floor. There's a couple of NBA players, and, you know, Team USA is all NBA players, but even the best international teams, whether it's Spain or France, usually have maybe four guys. So to have 24 of the best players in the world playing hard against one another, even if it's for an untimed 24-point quarter, that is unique, uh, and that's pretty fun to see. Well, yeah, I think that right there, man. LeBron, you got the MVPs, the titles, the Olympics. Now he's got the 2020 All-Star. Man, that ranks right there with some of the greatest accomplishments, right? Um, it maybe. <laughs> I don't know how highly those rank, but you know, I mean, Kawhi was certainly uh, very happy to win the the Kobe Bryant Award, and I do think adding that name to it does uh, it does mean something to those players, especially in light of uh, his passing being so recent. But I think that's something that's going to matter for a long time. I, I do wonder if coaches aren't going to want to see their players playing in games like that. I'm sure, even though Nick Nurse was the coach, he wasn't dying to see. Uh, a player like Kyle Lowry getting ready for a playoff run, taking charges against Kawhi Leonard, who's just an enormous person. So in some sense, it's fun. There honestly may be some pushback from the league that they don't want their guys playing that hard in an exhibition game. Ben Anderson joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So looking ahead to the rest of the season, USA Today ranking all the teams, and they put them in tiers. And they have the Jazz in the second tier, we can be this year's Raptors, and they rank them eighth. And they say, I almost put them in the next tier, but that's insulting to a team that figured it all out after a disastrous stars start, followed it up with a five-game losing streak, and ended the break having won four in a row against tough opponents. They are underrated. Do you buy all of that? And if not, what part don't you buy? I buy all of it. I don't know if I'd say they had a disastrous start. I mean, they were never below 500 this year, and it's a brand-new team, and they were you know, trying to work a bunch of players in, so I might disagree with that aspect. Also, I think eight is probably too low. I would buy the Bucks. I would buy the uh, Clippers and the Lakers being better than the Jazz, and I guess you could probably make an argument for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, then I have a hard time believing that anyone else really is significantly better than the Jazz, whether that's the 76ers or whether that's Boston or uh, anyone else in the Western Conference right now. I, I think the Jazz are right in that conversation around maybe five, maybe six, and, and I think eight probably puts them a little bit too low. I think it's important for the Jazz as they head into the postseason to just be consistent, to not get to where you know they won 19 of 21, and then all of a sudden they lose five in a row, and then they come back and win four in a row. Uh, to me, these 28 games, whatever it might be, 
Record B is what it will be, obviously. I want to see them have a form of consistency so everybody really knows their roles because they've changed it up a little bit with Conley coming back and O'Neal coming off the bench and and then what do they do in the backup center spot and how all that is working. So that's what I'm looking for to be completely set as much as they can possibly be, maybe completely is the wrong word, but to be set as much as they could possibly be going in the postseason because I think that gives them the best chance to win. How would you look at that? Yeah, I agree. I, I, you don't want to see any more five-game losing streaks. Even if, let's say, you know, at the end of these 28 games, let's say you go 18 and 10. You, you don't want to have it be, okay, you won 10 games in a row and eight games in a row, and then you had a 10-game losing streak or, you know, a stretch like that. I think you want to see, you know, maybe a three-game losing streak at the longest uh, because I think this team starts to buy into what their recent record is. They start to believe that's who they are. So when they lose five in a row, they get down. And when they win 19 of 21, they're really, uh, you know, up and feel like they're unbeatable. And I'm sure some of that's natural, but, but you want to limit those long losing streaks because you don't want this team to start to feel – a, that how young they are, truly, with their young leaders. And, and then B, that, hey, this is a hole they can't take themselves out of. So do you think that five-game losing streak was just a one-off, a combination of unique circumstances, or are you legitimately worried they're going to have another flat spot like that in the last 28 games? I'd be surprised, because they only have 12 teams with above 500 records spread out over these 28 games. And then I do think quality opponent was a little bit shocking, uh, it was weird circumstances, though. Certainly playing a very weird Rockets team shorthanded where it looked like the Jazz took their foot off the accelerator, trying to work Mike Conley back into the starting lineup. I think that was a major part of it. You had some weird and some very tough back-to-backs. Going San Antonio to Denver uh, is tough because San Antonio is certainly probably not a playoff team and not, not the traditional San Antonio Spurs we've seen, but they're going to play the right way. And uh, you're going to have a coach in Greg Popovich who gets his team ready the right way, and they're going to you know, find ways to, to have success against you. And then you do mix in a 38-point game from DeMar DeRozan and 50 points, the best from, uh, that we've ever seen from Eric Gordon, and another 50-point game, 50 game from Damian Lillard during the best stretch of his career. You also probably cut uh, Nikola Jokic during the best stretch of his career. I mean, he had a stretch where he was averaging 30 points and 20 rebounds and 10 assists. I mean, that's basically unheard of, and he did it for three games. So uh, you, you caught some players at some weird times, and you certainly allowed them to put up those numbers, so, so you're part of the problem. But... I do think there was a little bit more noise to that losing streak than maybe we thought at the time. We've seen two or three things going on with the center position behind Gobert. What do you think they'll do and settle on? I think it's going to be Tony Bradley's job. I still think that's the direction they're going to head in. If if a name popped up on the buyout market, and and that's still happening, you saw Damari Carroll get uh, bought out yesterday from the Spurs. Teams are still working on freeing up some of these players. That could happen, and I think the deadline a player has to be on your roster is March 2nd for them to qualify for the playoffs, so you've still got a couple of weeks that they could find a guy who, who gets made available that they may feel comfortable with getting a few minutes, and you know that doesn't necessarily mean it's a, a traditional big guy the way the Jazz have liked to play. Maybe it's uh, Mike Muscala from the Oklahoma City Thunder, even though you know that's a long shot because they're going to make the playoffs. There could be a name out there that, that gets bought out that the Jazz have interest in and find, but... Uh, also, Juwan Morgan has has played well in his couple of minutes that he played. I mean, I know it was really only the Houston Rockets, but if the Jazz feel confident that that's a player they can rely on when teams go five out, even if it's for seven minutes in the second half or you know four minutes during stretches, if they feel like the Jazz are going to be good enough, and he was plus 11 in that game randomly, if that's a lineup that other teams don't want to go up against, 
then maybe they don't try and play as small against the Jazz, and they try and uh, beat the Jazz in a more traditional way. And and that's you know that that's probably what the Jazz want long term. So they may not feel like they have to make a major roster change. Jawan Morgan might be a solution. I'll, I'll be curious. I, I honestly don't know how many days. Jarrell Brantley has spent with the team. You, you know, you get, what, 45 as a G League player to get to spend in the NBA uh, as a two-way player. I, I have no idea how many of those he's used up. You might rely on him a little bit more heavily down the stretch. Uh, and those are things the Jazz could have been, you know, holding on to and, and waiting on to get to the second half of the season. I figure that Rudy's going to play at least 40 minutes in some of the bigger playoff games later in a playoff series, maybe 42 what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, and I think he can do it. I mean, he's one of the best players in the world. We saw that at the All Star Game. We see it most nights that he suits up for the Jazz. He's he's ridiculous. He's just an extremely high impact player. Certainly, the most high impact player the Jazz have. Uh, he's probably a top ten player when you look at how he dictates the game. Uh, now, whether or not that means he's going to be, you know, provide you the tenth most wins, that might be a different conversation. But as far as his impact on the floor, it's it's, it's enormous. And if, if he's comfortable playing that many, and you're not, you know, running him into the ground by the time you get to the second series, and you hope you don't need him that much in the first round, uh, I, I don't think there's any reason why you wouldn't want to play him that much. Second place certainly doable. You think it'll be done? Uh, probably not. But I do think that target is getting into that two-three spot. So. Worst case scenario, at least you get to avoid the Los Angeles Lakers in the second round. And best case scenario, you hope it's you and Denver in that two and three spot. And then the Los Angeles Clippers fall to the four five matchup, whether they're four or five, and have to play, you know, the Houston Rockets in the first round and then have to play the Lakers in the second round. I think that's probably the dream scenario for the Jazz. And if you get to two, you're probably playing the Dallas Mavericks. And that might be the Jazz best matchup. I mean, we've seen the Thunder and Chris Paul give the Jazz problems. Uh, we know the uh, Memphis Grizzlies have given the Jazz problems at the time, even the New Orleans Pelicans, though I kind of don't think they're going to make that push. They've given the Jazz problems. Portland's given the Jazz issues. Dallas is the team the Jazz are perfect against so far this year, and, and I know they, they caught him without Luka Doncic at one point, which is still hard, but I think they like that they can attack Chris Dapps, Porzingis pretty much every trip down the floor. Do the Clippers match up so well with the Lakers that they will actually embrace the fourth spot and just rest guys and do the whole uh, let's keep everybody, get everybody healthy and then keep everybody healthy and just sit guys and be content with the 4-5, or is that crazy? No, I, I don't think that's actually all that crazy. And, uh, you, you know, we'll have to keep an eye on what Paul George's hamstring injury looks like. I mean, 20 games is what Mike Conley lost. Now, I know he didn't have the all-star break in there, and that's about 10 days that Paul George is getting the advantage of, and I have no idea at the level of, of Paul George's uh, hamstring strain compared to what Mike Conley was dealing with, but they've already been extremely cautious with Paul George, so there's a realistic chance he could lose 10 or 15 games here. And uh, If that's the case, that's good for the Jazz because they probably do slip back to that four seat because I think they're still going to try and take some days off for Kawhi Leonard. I don't think he, he plays every game in this stretch run, uh, and that would be certainly helpful for the Jazz. And, and if it's still not 100%, we know how, how fickle hamstrings are, Maybe it impacts them in the playoffs as well. So I do think there's a chance that that injury ends up being a little bit bigger than we expect. Do you think it's best for the Jazz to have everything offensively at the end of games run through Donovan or just see what the situation dictates? I think you you have to see what the situation dictates. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, I think, is still your best offensive creator and and has certainly found a little bit of a clutch gene. I mean, I think he's hit some huge shots, even when he's had really bad nights recently. I mean, even against Dallas, I thought he hit some big shots late. Uh, he's played well, and I think that's a good sign that, that even when he's not playing his best basketball through the first three quarters or even three and a half quarters, he's tend to have found ways to, to put it together. He really was good against the uh, Houston Rockets in those final six minutes as well. 
So I think that's a good sign. And yes, you want him to touch the ball probably every trip up the floor in some sense, just because you have to put your best wing defender on him. Uh, and that's going to be helpful for all the rest of the guys on the roster. But, I mean, Boyan Bogdanovich has had a number of clutch shots, and Quinn Snyder early in the season talked about what his clutch numbers are. I mean, when games are close and it's late, Boyan Bogdanovich really doesn't miss a whole lot of shots. He also has an ability to get to the mid-range and, and make good shots there, which is really important. And I, I bet we see a really good Mike Conley down the stretch as well. I know he missed the last two games with uh, an illness, but I thought he played well once he got put back in the starting lineup over the, that four-game stretch. He's He looked better off the dribble than I think we'd seen at any point this season, and playoffs you have to be able to isolate and you have to be able to win a one-on-one matchup and I think Mike Conley can probably still do that five home games to open this up how many of them do you think they're going to win Spurs and Rockets back-to-back and then the Suns the Celtics and Wizards and none of those are back-to-back you're going to pick four and one or five and oh aren't you which one Uh, I think you four and one would be really successful three and two is certainly a possibility and I hope Mm. that's not the case I wouldn't expect the team to go five and oh against that stretch I mean that those back-to-back games to start are are tough. You know, it's just going to be really hard to go San Antonio, Houston, even though you get to sleep in your own bed. That's that's going to be a really tough back to back. But, you know, four and one probably isn't terribly unrealistic. I'll be curious how well they match up against Boston. Boston has a lot of those big wings that can create plays that the Jazz have struggled with at times this season, which every team struggles with, but they don't really have a good defender for those matchups. And they've got a couple of guys that can do it in Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. So that might be a really tough matchup for the Jazz. Uh, and we'll see them twice before the end of the season. If you're watching the Jazz this year, you get to see them two more times. So th- that's that would probably be the game I'm circling. But Houston seems to be a wild card every time you play them. You just you know sometimes you can hang around and beat them. And, and James Harden's going to go two of twelve from the three point line, and, and you'll be all right. And sometimes he's going to be hot, and Russell Westbrook can go for thirty eight, and, and you're going to lose that game. So uh, three and two honestly is a good enough stretch for the Jazz. Beat uh, San Antonio, uh, you know, take care of the Wizards certainly, and, and sneak another game in there. Ben, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for checking in with us. All right, guys. Thank you. Ben Anderson here. I'm on the Jazz Radio broadcast pre-half and post-game with Jake. All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show. We'll get you up to speed next. And now, attention. Top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. NBA's off until Thursday. For the All-Star break, Houston Rockets are making roster moves. They're expected to sign a couple of former Jazz guys, veteran forwards Jeff Green and Damari Carroll, to fill out their 15-man roster. Carroll reaching a buyout with San Antonio to free him up. University of Utah announces a home-and-home football series with LSU. It's set for the 2031 and 2032 seasons. They'll open up the first game in Utah and the second one in Louisiana. LSU won both previous matchups in the 1970s. Potential top overall NFL draft pick Joe Burrow made it clear that there's more to him simply being selected first overall by the Cincinnati Bengals, saying, I do have leverage. Hitting he might follow in the footsteps of John Elway and Eli Manning, two guys who leveraged their way, even though they were the top pick, to other teams. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res leaves no dirt attracting residues behind, so your carpets stay cleaner longer. Schedule your cleaning today, which is $33 per room, fourth room's free. Check them out online at zeroresaltlake.com or call them at 801 288 9376. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? 
Gail Miller with us here on The Big Show. So many great players that have been the face of this franchise over the years. This version of the Jazz is Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Pretty incredible people. They are the heart and soul of this team and I'm very grateful for them. I think we're going to have some others that will stand out this year. Of course, Mike Conley and others. But the nice thing is we've built a foundation that can really do something special. They understand what we're all about. They've done the hard work. I think Donovan and Rudy are really good leaders and Donovan seems to thrive on taking that leadership role. So I think he'll do great things for us. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, time to catch you up to date on all the stuff we've been talking about in this show. All-Star Game, all done. The Elam ending was a hit. Guys played hard for a quarter. It's a low bar, PK, but they crossed it, it a, and people got excited. Was it a quarter? How actual? How actu- How long was it actually since it was untimed? I don't know. I didn't time it, so I didn't go back and time it. But they called it the fourth quarter. and I don't think you have to time it in order for time. I didn't see anyone who did time it. It was simply referred to as the fourth quarter, whether it was – I, I, it seemed to me like it went on longer than the average quarter, but I don't know. Did they play hard that whole time? I thought they did. Actually, I thought there was a little spark to the game even early in the fourth quarter. It certainly was late. Well, I know late. That's what I'm talking about. But I about. thought there was early. But that's a subjective call you'd have to decide for yourself. Thank you. So I expect we will see that again. I expect we'll have an untimed fourth quarter next year. I'm already marking my calendar. I, I can't thought wait. you might. Houston Rockets are coming to town Saturday to play the Jazz, and they could have two former Jazz guys, Jeff Green and Damari Carroll. Is that going to make a difference in their small ball? Is this going to work? Uh, I think it's options to hit shots. And one of those games, some of those games, one or two of those players might be hot. Jeff Green on a 10-day contract, Amari Carroll apparently for the rest of the Yeah, year. I don't look uh, at Carroll as just a shooter. I look at him as the junkyard dog type. Yep. Do all the little things, be an enforcer. I remember when the Jazz signed him, I'm thinking, well, they already got enough guys. What are they doing? But it turned but out he, he was a player. He came in as a high-energy, tough guy yeah. and, and gave you something. Yeah. Glue good. guy and all that stuff. Yeah, I agree. And the crowd fed off his energy. crowd absolutely loved it. I went bonkers. Running around, diving all over the place. Loved it. University of Utah announcing a home-and-home with LSU. It's 2031 and 2032, more than a decade away. I already bought my season tickets for 2031. (laughs) Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Sweet. Oh, I think I better get them early. You better. You better get on board with that. So slowly but surely, the schedule getting upgraded. That's three series with SEC teams now. Well, does that mean they don't play BYU that year because they can't? Or those two years? Don't know. They haven't discussed the schedule. Well, well they anytime they schedule somebody schedule beyond Montana Tech, they drop BYU. <laughs> yeah, we're out. <laughs> right? Uh, they certainly did for Michigan. Well, and aren't they doing it again gonna, here in 22-23? Yeah. They're going to do it again. Who's that for? Uh, that is for Florida and Baylor. Yeah. Well, in 22, it's for Florida and San Diego State in Southern Utah. You wouldn't want to drop the Aztecs of the T-Birds to squeeze BYU in now, would you? 2023, it's Florida, Baylor, and Weber State. It's funny. They, they actually, by their scheduling, give BYU way more respect than anybody else gives them. 
We're playing as a team here, so we can't play you because it would be just too tough. But we got no problem beating playing San Jose State, which is beat BYU. Yep. Bumped the Aztecs to that open game in 2025. And it's had a better program the last few years than BYU. All that up for grabs with Rocky Lone gone. See what they do well, going y- forward. Yeah, but you, I, I know. Downplay the Aztecs. I yes. got it. I got it. I Absolutely. I understand what you do. Brady Hook. If they win one game, they'll be lucky. I got nope. it. Man, you are a fan. Rocky. Rocky Long had the best decade they'd had since I was a little kid. And the sun rises in the east. What the hell? I mean, I already know that. I don't know that they're going to continue that now I know, that he's gone. But why did you? T- I'm not going to argue. Samuel Too late. State you football. already are. You already are. I win. <laughs> they they they're awful. Going forward, they won't win a game. The but point the is, why is, not with Florida yeah. Southern Utah? Why not bump San Diego State back and plug BYU in there? Yeah, but they give regardless how good San Diego State give is. Don't BYU play them. more respect than they actually deserve because they've beaten them every year. So what does it matter? Yeah, you don't see SC and and Stanford dropping. BYU when they play Notre Dame every year. Let's go conspiracy theorist. Because they don't really want to play BYU and they're looking for any excuse possible not to play them. Then don't play them. No, they can't do that, though. They didn't play them in basketball and they got investigated by the state legislature. So? Did they close (laughs) down the program? Don't want to do that again. You and I have both heard Chris Hill talk about what a mistake that was at least five times. That's you play all these sloop prairie view A and T and You got a lot of non-conference games to schedule. Yeah. As opposed to football, you got three. Right. There's basketball you're sitting on eight or nine. You could swing it, and if it's you don't want to play them, don't play them. But don't act like it. I'd rather, if I'm BYU, I'd rather have them say, I don't want to play yet, rather than, oh, yeah, we'll play yet because we got to keep these people off our back. Yep. And we're partners, and I spoke to Tom, and Tom and I agreed on this, and we yep. have this great relationship. Yep. Well, we don't want to play you, you know what. I'd rather have that than have some bogus relationship talk that isn't really true. Well, they're skipping these... Stop it! They're skipping these two years in, in 22 and 23, and then BYU is on the schedule for the next five years, including a year where it's BYU, Arkansas, and Houston. Which we'll That's see good. We, see when we get there how that works out. But. I think it's best for Utah to schedule as moderately tough as they can. Because if they ever get to the playoff, you want to be tested. The last thing you want to do is get to the playoff... Uh, on some weak scheduling. And then be humiliated when you get there? Exactly. Because you don't need to play BYU to get to the Rose Bowl. You can pl- And you can lose to them every year and still get to the Rose Bowl. Yes. So if you're worried about the playoff, I'd want my team to be tested so then it's really good. I don't want them to go there and then get destroyed. That's bad for the conference. You want them to get there and do well. This year we talked about how... Oh, and they're, they're a playoff team. Well, that's the last place they needed to be. They would have got hammered. They would have got killed based on what we saw at the end of the season. So there's a theory that even if you're tested, you would have gotten hammered by that team, that LSU was that good. That BYU played another, another time non-conference opponent. game. It's about you. <clears throat> okay, so they play a tougher non-conference game. Would they have been good enough to play LSU and to beat them or to hang with them? If they would have... Played a tougher non-conference and then qualified with only one loss? Yes. I have my doubts, but we'll never know. But it's not about LSU. It's about you. Because LSU happened to be this year. You don't know that it's going to be LSU right. whatever year, a quality, a, a 
caliber team of LSU. You just don't want to go out there and be surprised by somebody's team speed. What? I've never seen that before. Exactly. By playing a tougher non-conference schedule, if you should qualify, then you'd be in a better position. And if you don't qualify and you get the Rose Bowl, that's still good enough anyway. Well, the next two years, it's BYU, Mountain West, and Big Sky. But then you get to where they have Florida and Baylor on the schedule for the next three years. That's great. Including when you're where they're playing in both. Then that's even better. Yeah. We had Ryan Abraham on, and he was really concerned. And you figure USC's got as many built-in advantages as anybody in a Pac-12. Oregon included. USC's got plenty of rich alums that they need to pour money into the program. They can pour money into the program. And even he was like, wow, that money is getting out of hand. This is going to impact the entire conference to the point it could impact even the top end of the conference financially. Yeah, but that conference claims it doesn't care. I know. And that that bugged him, too. That's the point. And when we discuss it in the next few days, we can replay that Ray Anderson quote in which he basically says, all right, they're going to pay him double for five wins or a five and seven. We're not going to do that because our water polo teams are very important to us. Well, number one, in a lot of schools, those sports are really important. Number two, I don't completely buy what they're saying about there, – there are plenty of Big Ten teams, and not all of them, but there are plenty of them that are in that 23, 25, 27 range for sports sponsored. So Now, the SEC – I don't think that's true. The SEC does have fewer sports. They spend more money on them, and they just try to win at the few they're playing. But there are plenty of teams that have 12 or 13 or 14 – men's teams and another 12 or 13 or 14 women's teams in the Big Ten. So that's kind of a cop-out for I the don't Pac-12. Know that. They, I mean, you can look it up and click on their website and, and see. I understand that. They're, there's, they're, they're sponsoring a slew of sports. It's not like they just got eight or nine sports. Uh, well, according to Ray Anderson, Ohio State sponsors like 19. They're not even in the 20s. I will look that up for you in the next break and see if that's true. That surprises me when I hear it. <laughs> Good for you. You go look it up. <laughs> Me, I'm going to put my feet up and do nothing. <laughs> ah, you might read an NJ Diet ad. You never know. No, actually, I'm looking at Braves. Nick Markakis. Every Astro player needs a beating. <laughs> <laughs> so far, the only players who aren't coming out uh, and attacking the Astros are uh, playing for the Boston Red Sox. Because Martinez, you know, we might have, you know, we might need to move on. This might have gone about far enough. Shh. <laughs> By the way, we might <clears throat> have a few negative announcements coming out about us from Major League Baseball Commissioner's Office. So, uh, yeah, it's trending. That's what I just looked on. Nick Markakis. So has he surpassed now Turner? Because uh, the Dodgers have had a couple guys come out. Turner went after the commission. Right, exactly. I would say Bellinger. But I thought that got him. Oh, so I thought Bellinger crushed the Astros the hardest, but I thought Turner upstaged him a little bit by being the first guy to go after the commissioner. I don't think he was the first guy to go after the commissioner. Oh, really? Maybe he was the first Dodger to go after the commissioner, or maybe he went harshest. Harder after the commissioner? Yes, I think. That I've heard stuff about right after the fact on Manford, but the players, players going after players, players going after commissioners and, and, and bureaucrats, is, that doesn't really float my boat. But players, players going, going after, after players. players. Breaking the code of the yeah. locker room. Yeah. Everybody else beats up on us. We don't need to beat up on each other. Now, when as Mark Kegas, he's still with the Braves. He, he obviously was their right fielder last year. Uh, make that statement. That jumps every Astros player needs a beating. Although Garrett Cole said he knew nothing about it. Now that he's with the Yankees, which I don't believe him. 
I don't believe him. And Verlander going berserko. What was it at the All-Star break last year about the quality of the actual ball giving up the home runs? Well, wait a second here. You know? It's just funny what the, what can be said versus uh, whatever it is you're trying to push and protect and all that stuff. I find that fascinating. It's like I found the NBA with the China stuff all fascinating. Because it's all political. It's all designed to protect your own interest, and that's the way your opinion is going to be shaded and shaped, and I'm no different than anybody else. So are the Astros going to get plunked or not? Because now uh, Dusty Baker's out there saying, whoa, 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 we can't have all this beanball stuff. We can't have our guys being targets. I'm taking the over now, 83.9. 83.5. I guess they do that to... uh, No ties, no pushes. There will be a winner and there will be a loser. The William Hill Sportsbook set the over-under. Now, there have been nine teams in the past five years who have been hit more than 83 and a half times. So I guess I'd have to take the over for sure. Well, Altuve's a small target, so that might cancel that out a little bit. <laughs> He's not that small a target. They can hit him. Granted, he is a smaller target than a 6'6 guy yeah. like Judge or whatever. How tall is Bellinger? He's 6'4", 6'5". Yeah, he's pretty big, too. Yeah. So he's definitely a smaller target, but for guys who are, you know, painting the black. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they can hit him with the butt if they want to. Well, it, See, that's the thing. If these if he guys shrinks get hit, the zone, it's even smaller. <laughs> if these guys get hit in the butt in the ribcage, does anybody feel bad? Because I think if you throw at the head, people are like, that's not okay. But, you can't throw at people's butt, head. Butt, no, cage, yes. That can sting. Particularly if it's early no, in the year. No one cares if it stings. The Astros no, I'm cheated. saying the guy who gets... Plunked. The guy who gets hit cares. I get that. And his team But I don't cares. think there's outrage from the other. Whatever team does it. You don't throw a out a guy's head no matter what. Right. So that's where you, when they so say, we have to stop this th- beanball stuff. They You're right. They don't You're throw right. at his head either way. You try to get below neck. I think when you're deliberately throwing at someone, you don't. Even in, in, when it's obvious to the world. As you, opposed to a guy who crowds the plate and you're just pitching inside. Yeah. If you would throw a ball that far off the plate, then you can throw a ball that far inside. Yeah, most but of some, guys, yeah, yeah. some guys will occupy that space, so now all of a sudden you're throwing at them. Now it's three inches, four inches inside the plate, so what? Throw three or four inches off the plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think they'll go high. I think most of the time, I think 95% of the time, when players are hit, we know. I don't care what they say because they always say, "Oh no, so I wasn't that, doing it." So when offense now in this era, you know, we'll see some eight to two games. Will they be getting hit when it's one one in the third inning and the game's still hanging in the balance, or will they be getting hit? Well, it's eight two in the eighth. This thing's pretty much over anyway. I might as well go with this guy. <laughs> yeah, and you probably don't have your top line guys in there in that right. situation, particularly if you're well. Either way, there's some guy down in the pen. Hey, I'm the fourth best reliever on this team. I'll take a shot at him. Yeah. I suspect it'll happen, and I, I suspect it'll happen next. The, the The training games start next week, don't they? Throw in spring training when the games don't count. Oh, they're the best. Get your licks in then. Yeah. I want to see animosity right from the <laughs> you got opening your, day got of your, spring training. Got yeah. your spring training tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? If baseball's smart, they would want to see it too. And as long as it's done in spring training and it doesn't affect the games that actually matter, you'd get all sorts of people would be talking about it. They they couldn't buy that kind of publicity. <laughs> Suddenly, the Astros. Do you hear the uh, a Yankees fan was at the the Astros? I think were taking. I think they were just taking BP, 
and Yankee fans showed up. This week, you're talking uh, about? Over the weekend. Okay. And banged on a trash can with three times on the ticket funny. BP and then took off. That is funny. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought so. I didn't hear that, but thanks yeah. for bringing that up. That's funny. Yeah, Google Google Yankees Astros yeah, trash that's can. That's great. Yeah. Oh, got, well, if you're if you got behind home plate, and you know how small those facilities are, you're going to oh, hear that. Oh, for sure. If, yeah. if you're the Yankees, you have a trash can f- promotion day. <laughs> Free lids. <laughs> Right. Buy a ticket package, get a free so you trash got 50, can. So you got 50,000 folks <laughs> awesome. with a trash can top, the covering, and you just smack it away, man. Instead of symbols, you just hit trash cans. Ohio State on their official website has 37 sports teams, including pistol and rifle, which are separate teams I might have you know. Well, that's a whoop. Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they have a synchronized swimming team. Female. Yeah, that's what I'm on right now. The guys' sports. Uh, oh, they have they have pistol and rifle for the guys too. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. So if you beat them. Do you pistol whip? That's an excellent question. I have to go ask the <laughs> pistol coach. I don't, I don't even know what that is. I don't either. I don't know how that works. I've never heard of that. Nebraska had a bowling team. They made news a few years ago. I didn't know anything about it until that. Who they compete against? I have no idea. We'll check. I'll Google college bowling rankings during the break. And I we'll had, find out. I thought that was just like a club sport. I didn't know it was a varsity it's sport. It's a legit varsity sport now. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. All right, DJ PK, we are brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Your tweets, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Time for your feedback, and it is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Asked a question earlier this morning, would you rather have the NBA All-Star Game or the Winter Olympics in Utah? This got a lot of reaction, especially considering the, the answer is, we're getting both. I think we're getting the Olympics in 30 or 34. There aren't that many places, Betty. You're getting the Olympics in 30 or 34, not me. Utah is getting the Olympics. <laughs> you and I could be dead and gone by then. Guess anybody could be. That's a decade for something tragic to happen. In the winter, I hope I'm gone. <laughs> you hope you watch them from Arizona. Those summer Olympics, I hope yeah. I'm here. Yeah, right. Yeah. You wouldn't want a summer in Arizona. Ugh. No, no, uh, no, not at all. 117. No. Time to head to Utah. Go hiking in the hills. Yes, I would very much at that point love to have two residences. We'll see if it works out. McKay says, Olympics for sure. I don't think so, man. What the- Jill says, Olympics, exclamation point. No. Travis just sent us, oh, it's from the movie. Uh, the movie on the U.S. hockey team. Yeah. Kurt Russell played the coach. Yes. Again! When Herb, he's making him skate. Herb Brooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got Again! it. Again! That's all he tweeted. He said, I would much rather show off this community and uh, all that we have. Remember when they announced it and the mayor was up there making her political statements, telling us about her personal life? Yeah. That's and, the ex-mayor, but yes. She's the mayor at the time. I know, but you still call him President Bush. Yeah, that's true. Uh and how you could get a drink and then bringing up her relationship. Uh-huh. I love it when people get political. And they do it subtly. Hey, we're normal too, man. It's sell the city. Doug, DJ, how could you even ask such a dumb question? I asked it. I tweeted it, so he put it on me. And I don't know. That still What's doesn't the tell question? me. What's the answer I mean? He doesn't say. 
He doesn't. He just says, DJ, how could you ask such a dumb question? Uh, Michael says Olympics, no question. Why, but the All-Star game was earned. Wasn't the Olympics boughten? It was boughten. <laughs> it was boughten. <laughs> now, Utah Steve, an interesting thing here. He says, Olympics all the way. Now, if we were talking NBA championship versus Olympics, that's a no-brainer. Oh, no question, yeah. Because you mean, get to ride the finals for two one, weeks. One's a title and it's one's an event. Jazz. Right. Garlic says World Cup, but I'll settle for the Winter Olympics. World Cup of hockey? Daniel says FIFA World Cup. Yeah, we don't have the stadium for it. Not going to happen. What do you mean? Just go play it at Jordan High. <laughs> not going to happen. Why go not? play at Jordan High. Well, it's turf. It seats 5,000 people. There's two reasons. Well, you can have some people standing along the sidelines and whatnot. You can put in some temporaries. Uh, DC says Winter Olympics. It's not even that close. Ten dog. This one hundred percent. The Winter Olympics were amazing! Exclamation point. I was a senior in high school and had an absolute blast. I also liked people outside of Utah getting to see and learn more about Utah, not just relying on stupid stereotypes. Plus, our snow is the best in the world. Snow, snow. I'd rather have a big audience from around the world with an amazing stage that Salt Lake is than be a small market NBA team that has to listen to how bad our city is from people who've never been there. NBA fans are the most territorial people, LOL. So the Olympic folks aren't? That's what D.C. believes. How many people came into the Olympics, though, that were not a part of the either coverage or competition? You mean how many tourists were there? Easier way to say it. Yes, I think a lot. Walking around downtown, I thought a lot. Okay. I didn't go to that one event. I I went uh, Jimmy I th- Carter and Russia. I boycotted it. <laughs> so I was I was downtown because I had a credential. So I was at the um, hmm. can't even think the convention center, which was the IOC, you know, kind of media headquarters then. So walking around downtown a lot, but didn't go to that many events. I did come to the short track speed skating one night Why? for whatever reason. Uh, I had to do a story on somebody. Oh, it will work. Well, oh, it was all work. Yeah, it was. It worked every day. There. No, I boy, could you ever wonder why I have a chip on my shoulder? Because the leaders of the Tribune deemed I wasn't good enough to cover any of it. You would have been great, man. There's tons of scandals to work on. No. With your sources, you could have been digging. No, they deemed that I wasn't good enough. Because they wanted beautiful writers. No, you're right. Yeah, and I'm right. not. Right. And I never was, and I never will be. But you're a really good reporter, and that's no. what was needed in those games, because there were scandals no. all over the place. The no. figure skating I wasn't, was fixed. I, you can't argue with me. They deemed I wasn't I know good enough. Yeah. You told me multiple times. I believe it. I'm going to tell you one more time. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> And then the Russians threatened to boycott the hockey. I mean, there's all kinds of controversy you could have, could no, have no, we need sunk the, your the teeth into. The flowery types did that. Nope. Um, now when the, the Russians are sitting fan- up there without a translator. The ones with fancy words. Me calling an ex-assignment desk guy. The Russians are threatening to boycott. I don't see it on AP. That's because the AP guy's standing behind me waiting to use his phone. What are you yelling about? Because I was yelling at the guy that day. I was role-playing. I hate it when you yell. You do not. You love it. <laughs> I yell. <laughs> you yell at me for not yelling. Right. All right. Well, we're done with this. We'll carry on off the air. DJ and PK, Tony and Austin are coming up next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.